Hello and welcome to our new episode of the MBSE podcast. Today we are talking about a framework for the first time and we are talking about the Unified Architecture Framework, also known as OMG UAF. And therefore we have a guest uh, and I would say a friend, uh, Aurelius Morkev Morkevichus. So, okay, uh, nearly, nearly perfect. <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, Aurelius, introduce yourself and I guess you can pronounce your name better than me. <laughs> Thank you, Christian. Uh, hello, everyone. Hello, Tim. Uh, as um, <laughs> Christian introduced, uh, my name is Aurelius Morkavichus, uh, and I'm um, working for the system as the expert on MBSC and enterprise architectures, and also as a leader of experts, a team of experts in the MBSC and enterprise architecture, focusing on SysML uh, and also UAF and NATO architecture framework. Um, uh, consulting and uh, teaching and expertise um, to our clients and also probably more important to mention in this context is uh, my work with the OMG and uh, co-chairing um, the UAF uh, standard in OMG for for more than 10 years already. Wow, oh, that's a long time. So, Yeah, so welcome Aurelius. Thanks for joining us in our podcast. Um, yeah, the UAF. That's quite interesting. Um, let's start with the um, with the framework of architecture framework. What what is it? What what is an architecture framework? Now, is it is it a is it a method or a methodology and uh, is it a process or what? How do you define architecture frameworks? Uh, that, that's that's exactly a good question. Is um... Now it's really um, called the architecture description framework to be very precise uh, mm -hmm. according to the ISO 42010. This is mm -hmm. kind of a new thing for us uh, as well. And, and that really stands for some, you know, uh, best, uh, best practices um, for, for some um, structure, um, which uh, allows you, which gives you some, some basic background of how you um, create the, the, the model of the system of interest or uh, the enterprise really depend on what we are talking about but it not always include the, the methodology behind it or, or, or a method so that can be a part like looking into toga for example but uh, in, in some other frameworks it's 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 not the case and um really this is uh, this is the point where i think i i wanted really to um, emphasize a little bit about the book that uh, i wrote recently with Incozy uk that uh, Don't Panic um, series, which is the absolute beginner's guide to the architecture frameworks. So if you if you want to learn more, uh, you're welcome to to look for it uh, online. There is ebook available, and it has all the explanation of all those um, you know terminology things. Mm -hmm. All right. Okay. So. Um... UAF, like it's called today, has a long history and even uh, OMG, it was called uh, UPDM before and even there before uh, there was some history. Can you give us a brief introduction to this? Uh, absolutely. Uh, actually, at the beginning, it was called uh, UPDM, the Unified Profile for uh, DODAF and MODAF, which initially uh, has been released in 2009. Uh, prior this, um, it's been it's been a long work to come to this point, but the 
basically the need was to unify a Department of Defense Architecture Frameworks and Ministry of Defense Architecture Frameworks, this um, UK and, and, and US um, common military projects. Um, later, later on, uh, it evolved, um, but uh, only in, in 2017, we actually renamed it to UAF. Uh, and, and of course, uh, why UAF, uh, you can ask, it's because we, we wanted to commercialize it, or sometimes we call it the militarize it. <laughs> you, can, you can look from both sides. Um, and uh, this was the idea of changing the name because UPDM was very, very uh, related to, to the military uh, background. And um, also in between the lines, um, the UPDM also became an ISO standard in 2017. And now we are working with uh, ISO to, to publish UAF uh, version 1.1. And this, this should happen uh, pretty soon because uh, the votes were uh, we, we passed already. And it's just a question of uh, editing and publishing procedure. And then, of course, you know, looking looking further is um, continue working on, on the UAF and spe specific focus um, to the needs not only of uh, defense clients, but also on the uh, commercial clients that we have. Mm -hmm. Okay. So, well, it's based on MODAF and DODAF, or that's uh, part of their history. Um, also mentioned uh, TOGAF, and uh, there's another architecture framework, a military architecture framework called NAF, uh, the NATO architecture framework. So, is there a relationship? from UAF to TOGAF and UAF to NAF? Uh, yeah, actually, uh, at least with NAF, there is a strong relationship. And um, uh, we started with the release of the NATO Architecture Framework 4, which happened a year ago, uh, just uh, probably a year before we started close uh, collaboration with the NATO uh, Architecture Capability Team, where, where we had um, uh, some some common meetings, uh, either them coming to the OMG meetings or we uh, going to the uh, NATO uh, architecture capability team meetings. And uh, um, officially, uh, UAF is uh, one of the uh, two meta models for uh, NATO architecture uh, version, uh, NATO architecture framework version four. Um, the other being uh, Archimate, uh, and um, uh, there is no meta model developed by the NATO uh, today because it's it's really um, a, a lot of resources uh, demanding uh, uh, endeavor and and they decided mm -hmm. uh, to go with some standard uh, bodies like OMG for example or the open group um, the relationship with TOGAF is um, it's obviously not so clear. It's, it's not clearly described in, in any of the specifications, nor in UAF, and neither in um, TOGAF. Um, and, and as they're really coming from the very different worlds, it's not, not so easy to connect. And uh, specifically, we're facing this within NATO, where we have models produced in Archimate, which is also the open group. So it's similar to, um, to TOGAF. Um, and in, in, in it's, um, let's say, from the terminology point of view. And um, uh, this is where we sometimes have a need to be able to interchange these models. But uh, it's it's work in progress, I, I would say. And at the moment, there is uh, no clear um, description of it, where mm -hmm. in some examples, people are, are taking UAF um, and they are using TOGAF architecture development method, okay. which mm -hmm. provides steps of how to create the architecture. and, and the, 
this happens because we didn't have one uh, the method in in UAF before, and we still don't. But in the next version, in the in the 1.2 version coming out uh, uh, next year, we're going to introduce the uh, UAF so-called UAF guide as the appendix to the spec, mm -hmm. which is the um, kind of a method approach how you go from uh, you know A to Z um, mm -hmm. in in creating the the UAF models. Okay, and. I uh, uh, Christian, I have Please. one more question regarding the military stuff. Uh, there you said you uh, removed the military stuff from, from uh, UPTM, which creates then UAF. Um, so what exactly did you do? How, how, what should, what was removed from, from the, the standard uh, to exclude the military stuff? And at the same time, it's uh, conformed to the, the NAF and, and the other stuff. So, uh, it's, uh, it's 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 mainly about terminology. Um, oh. The name itself, like UPDM, uh, it yeah. talks about DODAF and MODAF, so mm -hmm. we just change it to to the UAF. Um, and then uh, some terminology, some concepts that we had, like for example, in 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 in, in DODAF world, there is a concept of a node. Mm -hmm. uh, is the same in MODAF, which represents you know some uh, structural block mm -hmm. uh, in the operational scenario. Uh, we we, we uh, replaced it by the operational performer, which sound more, um, um, let's say, uh, universal, right? Mm -hmm. More more genericized than than the node. Um, some some other terminology uh, that that we also had, uh, like uh, you know, uh, doctrine, doctrine, um, and and and. Uh, it's basically, basically, basically around that. Uh, but then uh, we uh, solved uh, the traceability question by uh, creating um, a additional uh, document uh, with the specification called mm -hmm. the traceability document, and okay. it has all the mapping to the different frameworks, ah, okay. um, mm -hmm. just to make the terminology clear. Mm -hmm. uh, okay. Yeah, and uh, one thing that would be interesting for me is uh, how did UAF or its uh, predecessors become an OMG standard? Why why did military come to OMG? Uh, yeah, it's uh, it's it's a it's a long long story, but um, it it was really at that time there was a big involvement of the DOD uh, with the OMG. Mm -hmm. uh, and and uh, the big representation from uh, big uh, big names and um, even even a DoD a CIO has been a common participant in in the OMG meetings, clearly expressing the need of interchange uh, and and this this was where uh, the idea of of UPDM started, strongly driven by the IBM at the beginning. Uh, mm -hmm. Later we had some 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 issues and conflicts between the different group of groups of interest. Where um, IBM even uh, vetoed the first release of the of the UAF, and uh, that a little bit, uh, you know, um, postponed the release of the specification of the UPTM specification. Mm -hmm. But uh, well, nevertheless, um, later on the obstacle obstacles were were gone. We found an agreement, and there was the the uh, the UPTM released, and uh, um, after that. Uh, as I said, uh, you know, we we really got a lot of requests from other industries as well, not not purely from the defense and other frameworks, like even in defense, like NAF, which was not um, a part of the UPDM at the beginning. 
uh, with NATO architecture framework. And later on, we just had more frameworks to incorporate, uh, more frameworks to support, more more uh, communities to to support. Um, and and this is where the idea of uh, UAF um, came to our mind. We we had to fight strongly to get this name because you know other. Uh, Groups of interest, especially coming for, from business architecture, said, "No, no, this is this cannot be unified, you know, because we have different <laughs> frameworks, like BPMN and other stuff." Um, but but finally, we managed to to register it, so it's registered trademark of OMG, and it's um, it's it's, it's um, now said that it's for um, uh, multiple purposes, right? It's for for defense, for for uh, industry, and for for and also for for uh, federate uh, federal government. Mm-hmm. So it can be used for for different um, purposes and, and use cases. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Can I also use it for for enterprise modeling, so for enterprise architectures, uh, or only can, for for yeah. systems or products? Or uh, we we can with the uh, of course uh, we we try to talk about this this idea and and we really think that that the future of the enterprise. Uh, architecture is really in uh, what we call um, enterprise as a system. Uh, so, so this is where, uh, you know, enterprise is just a complex system or, 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 or even the system of systems at some point, depends how you look at it. And yeah. uh, it can be analyzed uh, similar way as any kind of other system. Uh, it can be, um, you know, uh, some of the things can be simulated uh, within the enterprise. Uh, and, and it really lacks today more precise description to be able to do that. Mm-hmm. If we look into today's architecture frameworks, it's, it's enterprise architecture and how it's done in different organizations. It's really PowerPoint and, 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 and Visio mm-hmm. and, uh, um, well, sometimes TOGAF, but then what, what TOGAF is, if, if you look into TOGAF, that there is meta model, but there is no f- formal way of, um, really, you know, uh, implementing that meta model. So, so mm-hmm. you can use UML or user, you can use, you know, BPMN or some other language. But but that's that's not really getting uh, getting to, to to the right point where you have everything unified and you can you know uh, validate your models, simulate your models, and this is where where we're going with UAF. It's yes, it's coming from the different world. It's coming mm-hmm. from the engineering world. It's much more precise, uh, and it means that um, even if the complexity is higher, at the end you can achieve um, a better consistency. Um, in, in, in your architectural uh, description mm-hmm. that you create for the enterprise. Okay. So I'm still not sure if our listeners uh, know what UIF is and what you can do with UIF. And uh, to my knowledge, uh, you are modeling structures and behavior and missions and uh, something that uh, that has to be achieved and to my knowledge you you use many other standards can you give us a little bit an insight to that uh, we do um, so um, first of all probably i would say that um, uaf uh, has a couple of parts within the specification one of the parts is the conceptual meta model, which is um, uh, based on, on, on UML, but it's not really, uh, you know, the implementation or the language. It's, it's just the uh, conceptual meta model providing a uh, number of uh, concepts and their relationships um, and, and how they're used and where they're supposed to be used. But going further, there is uh, uh, the standard implementation of the UAF. Um, 
Today it's called UAF Profile, and tomorrow it's going to be called um, UAF Modeling Language. Um, so, so we're changing that to make it more obvious and more aligned with SysML, for example, which is Systems mm-hmm. Modeling Language. Mm-hmm. And uh, specifically, UAF Modeling Language is based uh, as a profile of UML. Of course, it's first based on, on, on the UML, but it's also based on SysML with the tight relationship to SysML. And um, we use SysML diagrams to represent um, UAF data. Um, so at the end, um, you know, it's it's strongly dependent on on the SysML today because we don't define our notation. We we use the SysML standard SysML notation. We just define the um, the, the the number of elements that you would use within um, SysML diagrams. Uh, then we have some dependency on BPMN. Uh, it, it's not exactly dependency. It's more. It's more how you use both together. Uh, you mm-hmm. can use BPMN uh, to be more precise. The the, the profile um, UML profile for BPMN, which is a different standard than BPMN, um, mm-hmm. to express um, uh, process models, so like mm-hmm. operational um, activity models or function models, uh, security processes models, and and and, and so on. And uh, there are some other standards where we have some hooks too. It's not that we incorporate them uh, or we use them. So we we have some relation to NIM, which is National uh, Information Exchange Model, or IEPPV, which I can hardly uh, spell. <laughs> uh, then the face profile uh, recently has been developed. Uh, so face um, profile for UAF is really extending UAF towards um, supporting face standard. That's uh, here. Air, airspace, Air Force standard, and then uh, possibly we will have some relationship to a risk uh, analysis and, and assurance modeling language, uh, which is upcoming standard in the mm-hmm. OMG. So, so there are tight relationships, and of course for data exchange, it's it's XMI uh, mm-hmm. standard. Okay. So, and yeah, you mentioned you have a, but you have you have this this beta model of UAF and SysML. And I assume also BPMN or all this other stuff is only one possible implementation uh, of this beta model. So theoretically, I could also use um, uh, Capella for UAF and, and, and any other systems modeling language uh, like yeah, Capella or, or OPM uh, and maybe there are other around. Uh, is, is that true? So SysML is just an implementation of the beta model. That's 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 correct. It's uh, okay. it's just we call standard implementation because okay. we have a published OMG standard for that. Okay, yeah, and of course it's, it's much easier to use a system uh, um, <laughs> uh, than creating your own modeling language, right? and then the tool vendors must create their own tools and so on. Um, yeah, speaking of tools, um, is URF bound to a specific tool? But do I need a, a URF tool? Uh, it's actually it's 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 not tool specific, so it's like a standard. It's tool agnostic. Um, mm-hmm. I would say it's really um, you know tool vendors are highly involved in development of the standard. Um, so so for this historically we we had and still have many tool vendors attending, um, and and um, a lot of them are, are SysML as we just discussed. So so there are some um, um, tool vendors coming from um, a different world. Uh, mm-hmm. Uh, like like Mega, for example, and uh, mm-hmm. Mega Hopex tool, or, or or the System Architect, which is also not SysML based. Um, mm-hmm. So so there are there are examples, and um, 
as you said, that there might be different different implementations uh, of it. So so it's really not um, not dependent on the specific tool. But on the other side, you know, um, probably tools that implement UAF specifically, and and they highlight that they implement UAF, they provide um, slightly different experience uh, towards uh, you know creating. UAF models than mm -hmm. if you would do it without the specific tool. Mm -hmm. Okay, but that means that a tool that supports only SysML would not be enough. Uh, well, definitely, uh, probably not. Theoretically, it could 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 be. Um, you mm -hmm. could could use it for one or the other view. When you say, okay, I'm just using UAF um, uh, grid, which just have a list of uh, views that you need to create, and and then you create them in uh, the different SysML diagrams. But at the end, to get you know the full experience, the the, the meta model uh, to compliance with the OMG uh, mm -hmm. standard, you you need uh, you need to have um, UAF uh, specific. But at the end, uh, just adding adding to this point, you know, uh, what we see sometimes in industry and, and not necessarily in defense, that uh, people take uh, SysML uh, mm -hmm. and, and they highly customize. They highly customize mm -hmm. it, uh, they extend it. And mm -hmm. at the end, uh, they, they come very close to, to what really UAF is today. You know, mm -hmm. they have the, what do we have? What do we do in systems engineering? We do operational analysis. Uh, we do functional architecture. We do logical architecture. And, and you know this actually corresponds to the to the views that uh, that we have in, in in the UAF. Sometimes you know you need features, you need capabilities. It depends on on which which um, industry you are, and mm. and and those kind of concepts you know are are also um, something you you extend. So, so, so sometimes you know you 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 get close to it by <laughs> just uh, okay. over customizing system well, mm -hmm. not not even knowing that you do that. Mm -hmm. Um, so if but if I use a standard SysML tool um, to to yeah apply UAF um, and also a, a BPMN modeling tool to apply UAF so the BPMN part of UAF and now I have two tools with two models uh, and I need some kind of exchange of data and have this interoperability issue so is there a standard exchange format for UAF models for data? The standard exchange is is for a SysML implementation only. So if you are yes. you if you if you have uh, you know SysML uh, if you if you implement UAF modeling uh, using UAF modeling language, which is based mm -hmm. on SysML, then you can use XMI to -hmm. interchange okay. or mm -hmm. diagram interchange format, which which is there by OMG. So I'm not sure that uh, there are tools really implementing it, but theoretically, mm -hmm. theoretically should be should be possible. Uh, using those standards, but if you use some proprietary implementation, then then you probably have to have some exporter into the mm -hmm. correct XMI format. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. So, as UAF is a huge framework, um, we cannot go into every detail today. Um, but could you give us some example aspects or views uh, that are created or, co or covered by? UAF. Uh, yeah, absolutely. You know, saying huge, it's uh, it's, it's probably the right word. 
but uh, we used to say that when you when you look into UEFA for for some people you know this this grid that we have reminds us mm-hmm. reminds the uh, periodic table of elements that we learn at school um, and and you know but you usually don't use the all the elements there to 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 create um, new composite material you just take you know some what what you need like hydrogen oxygen for the water Mm-hmm. Uh, so, so it's it's similar here. Uh, we, we we just uh, say okay. So it's like foundation, giving you everything, and you just need to pick the right things. And primarily, you know, the the core uh, core viewpoints that we uh, have is the strategic, uh, operational, and and resources, um, where you know uh, really represent three different layers of abstraction, starting from uh, one strategy and uh, answering question why. This is about, you know, capabilities and their realization in time, the strategy from the enterprise um, level, the, how you go from one uh, state of the enterprise to the other, or from one state of the system or system of systems to the other, um, how that changed in terms of capabilities, in terms of features, um, really dependent um, on, on, on the goals you have. Uh, then then we go to the operational scenarios to, to, to uh, describe um, also, uh, what we need to do to achieve the goals and um, achieve the capabilities. So the operational scenarios are, are really related to the environment, to the user uh, who's using the, the, the system of interest, what the, the main players, how they, how they communicate, what are the, uh, the, the process uh, behind it. And, and finally, you know, on how we implement those uh, operational scenarios is where we talk about resources. And um, when we talk about resources, we talk about um, people, we talk about uh, software, we talk about uh, systems, hardware, etc. natural resources. Uh, so, so there are many different types of resources that need to collaborate together to, to achieve uh, the goals. And, you know, we mm-hmm. sometimes take, take an example if you have, um, if you model the missile. And, um, you know, the missile is system of interest for, 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 for some. And it, it's been, um, for the company that designs it. Uh, but if we, if we look from the, uh, Ministry of Defense perspective, for example, uh, then, you know, they're buying not only the missile, but they need to understand how they are going to use it. So they need the launch platform. They need some transportation, how to move it from one place to the other, or, or some, uh, if it's uh, stationary, some, some place to place it. They need personnel to be able to, to be capable to use it. So they have to do training. Uh, they have to okay. have some competencies and all these kind of things. They can be, they can be captured and modeled. And, and, and that usually goes just beyond the simple, uh, you know, system mm-hmm. of interest. Um, and, of course, there are some other other um, viewpoints in addition, like security, which is quite important these days. Uh, you know, to cybersecurity um, in any industry, it's it's not it's not specifically a defense and um, some standards and, and 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 services, but it's really about these three and 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 how they how they um, relate together and the traceability between them. Mm-hmm. So that's so to say uh, the the. The default approach, how to start with UAF, the, the, the minimal UAF, so to say. And I, I think at first glance, it seems for many people daunting and, and, and too extensive. Uh, people also say the same about the system and human. That's uh, too complex, too much. Uh, and, um, but uh, they, they do not understand that it's only 
a language uh, an offer and you don't have to pick everything uh, of it. <laughs> and uh, UAF um, is, is much much more right? if, if you open uh, publications about UAF it's oof, all these viewpoints and so your recommendation is then um, if I do not have a specific plan uh, to start with UAF I start with these three major viewpoints then right uh, that, that's exactly the case resources. and, and then, yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's exactly the case. Plus, you know, we have those uh, also columns that represent different types of diagrams, different uh, mm -hmm. SSML that's, that's called pillars sometimes, you know, like requirements, structure, behavior. So we have we have more of those. And, and then you, you can also decide, you know, which ones you, you, you need to do. So like, uh, you know, requirements, structure, behavior, they, they're usually um, what you commonly do. When we go more towards uh, constraints or, uh, you know, the... Uh, time aspect, that's not something you always do. It just really depends on, you know, parametrics. The same in SysML, you not do, don't do parametrics all the time. It's just for some specific um, tasks, usually. Reminds me a bit of uh, product line engineering. Right? So I have a, a set of features that mm -hmm. I can use. Uh, <laughs> and, and then I also have these uh, um, feature constraints. So if I select this feature, I also have to select that feature. No? Or if I select this feature, I cannot use this feature. Uh, do you have similar constraints in, in URF or a guideline how, how, how I can select the, the right features so at the end that I, for example, still have a traceability in the model, which does not work if I remove uh, one important part of the chain? Uh, so, so, so there is uh, probably the UAF guide that I mentioned that's coming ah, with yes. the next release is the closest mm. to that, where where we uh, explain you know every step in in more details, what what is it about and and mm -hmm. what you need to do and which step follows the other and what are the um, impacts from one step towards the other. So there's going to be the impact kind of impact map uh, mm -hmm. for 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 every viewpoint. So so that's probably the case. But in general, uh, you know, when you say it's big. Uh, I think it's really trade-off because sometimes if you take the pure, pure system language and you over-customize it, it's really expensive um, to maintain mm -hmm. afterwards. Mm -hmm. uh, so maybe it's better to take the bigger thing and just cut it down mm -hmm. than to take the smaller and grow it, expand it towards yeah. your needs. It's kind of trade-off. You know? mm -hmm. <laughs> and, and people somehow think about, okay, we take simpler, but at the end they, they have something like that. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yes, yeah, speaking of SysML, uh, or Tim, do you? No. no okay. Uh, <laughs> yeah, speaking of SysML, um, would, would SysML v2 influence UIF in some reason? So would you, would you change to SysML2 and would it be, uh, yeah, bring advantages which you don't have right now? It would definitely influence heavily. Uh, it's just uh, the, the, the question of time of how we handle that. Um, our current plan is to have UAF V2 uh, <laughs> or FAUTS <laughs> uh, compatible mm -hmm. with the SysML V2. Um, we, we would have a good match in numbers, um, V2, V2. Um, it, it, it would be clear what we're talking about. But then, then we need to think about how we want to to base UAF on SysML2 because there can be a couple of different practices. We can we can take our conceptual meta model and base mm -hmm. it on the SysML V2 and Kermel concepts. Mm -hmm. um, uh, in, in that case, we would not uh, probably need the separate maintenance of the implementation in SysML. Um, 
and uh, the other option is just to main, main keep what we have and just add additional uh, document to the spec, which would be implementation of UAF and the SSML v2. Um, so we have to think carefully because, you know, as it's, it's, there are not only SysML tools that that implement UAF um, and, and not not only SysML users. So if we change the conceptual meta model uh, for them, uh, that that's the big impact because uh, mm-hmm. they have to move towards SysML where they're maybe more like business kind of tools, uh, business architecture kind of tools. And then for them, that, that gives additional complexity. On the other side, we also want to keep... Um, uh, um, support for the SysML 1.x, which we believe will be um, at least for 10 years in the future, it will definitely be here, uh, and many projects will 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 run on it. So mm-hmm. we have to somehow keep this backwards compatibility. So at the same time, we have to maintain the implementation in SysML v1. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's really in considerations. We have to we have to think of how to how to move forward, and and that's really you know the tough work um, ahead mm-hmm. of us. <laughs> I think it's, for example, hard to maintain the, the old version uh, for SysML v1 when you already have the new version. Because according to the OMG policies, if you have published the new version, the old version is not uh, not there anymore. No? It's the same for SysML v2. As soon as it's officially published, there is no SysML v1 anymore. So it's, or it's not maintained anymore. So it's, of course, it's still there. It was published, but uh, it's not maintained anymore. No official specification. No. Hmm. It's complicated. Yes, yeah, it's complicated. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> Plus, in terms of a workload, you know, uh, like like with SysML, we have different teams working on uh, yeah. 1.x, right? Different people leading the groups on 1.x and on on two. Um, mm-hmm. so, so it's 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 really you know the big big scale. You have to mm-hmm. somehow manage it. Yeah, yeah. and I think, yeah. and I think. Uh, when we are talking about a future UML3, I, I really can't imagine huh. that uh, <laughs> OMG says, okay, UML2 is gone, all our meta model and, and whatever uh, things there are in uh, until, yeah, even until MOF, <laughs> yeah, it's everything gone. We have UML3 now. I can't imagine that one. <laughs> and uh, similar restart, to uh, this one. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so you already mentioned that URF is not only for military projects. I, I can also use it for, for other stuff. Um, can you mention a few of them? So what, what is a typical use case for a company to use URF? So it's, I assume not for a, a, a normal system. So, <laughs> uh, so what's yeah, the use case? I would, I would say UIF is relati- relatively new standard. Just, just look for, how much time it took to um, really, uh, uh, you know, uh, start using SysML, mm-hmm. which was first introduced in 2007, right, or 2006. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, and now we just see, you know, the, the, the heavy adoption in, in industry. Um, and for the first t- 10 years, it, it was really rarely uh, adopted just, mm-hmm. you know, by some companies. Uh, with, with UAF, um, it's, it's again... Uh, that the user base um, outside of defense is not huge. Uh, it's growing uh, all the time. We, we, we try to emphasize that. Uh, one of the things is the UAF group on LinkedIn. So I highly encourage uh, for those who are not on, 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 on the group, join it. There is community where publish uh, many, many user stories. Mm-hmm. Um, also, uh, you know, the other area is the UAF uh, annual um, summit. 
which we started to do every year in, in, in March, like uh, probably five years ago. And we last year grew to 700 registrations, wow. which is almost like uh, in Cozy Symposium right? <laughs> <laughs> when it became virtual. So that, that that's pretty good attendance and we definitely keep it to virtual or hybrid because, uh, you know, we... we, we, we think that it, it it's really uh, pays off and many people mm-hmm. joins and and this is where we have you know some stories uh, to share um uh, projects in, in the system of system engineering in um infrastructure projects like uh, electric roads um in sweden um there are some in in, in gas and oil industry um uh, electric grids um mm-hmm. and and there are also you know even uh, if, if it's sometimes uh, you know defense industry, but not specifically the defense use case, so there are there are some on digital transformation on, on the enterprise where um, um, some companies find it uh, a useful tool, like Deloitte Consulting, for example, find UAF mm-hmm. as a, as a very useful tool to do digital transformation of, of the uh, of their clients of the organizations, mm-hmm. where you can define how you transform the enterprise from one state to the other. And yeah. what resources are needed, uh, what processes are needed. So that's relatively uh, yeah. mm-hmm. new, new, new use case. And, and we did uh, quite a lot in the recent version to, to improve in this area, um, to define the drivers for change, the challenges uh, we face, um, and the effects, the outcomes, uh, such concepts that we didn't have uh, previously in, in the UAF and, um, that I- industry, uh, wanted to have in terms of uh, supporting the, the digital uh, transformation topic. There are some also uh, some some stories from uh, from automotive in, in this area, mm-hmm. and, and we started some more collaboration with the automotive and uh, in, in, uh, in Germany on um, uh, autonomous mobility uh, projects uh, within within the ProStep. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we, we we hope we can um, reach achieve something uh, in this direction. You know, perhaps the specifically adopted guidance of the UAF and how you would use it. So, so we're trying to, to expand and to go into other directions. Uh, of course, at the same time, uh, we still love our um, defense customers and we try to do the best uh, to them. So I just don't want to scare people <laughs> if you listen to this podcast. Yeah, uh, yeah. Prim- primarily still is still our industry, right? So we, we, we survive based on it that the main people contributing are, are coming from a uh, defense world. Um, but uh, it, it, it also, you know, I want to say that we are uh, looking towards, you know, uh, expanding horizons and uh, um, towards the different ways of, 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 of uh, using UAF. Okay. All right. So that means so if I'm coming from an industry which is not uh, defense and space, um, I already learned I can join the LinkedIn group. Um, can I also just come to to the OMG meeting and participate, or how how does uh, it work? Absolutely, absolutely, uh, definitely. You you can participate. Uh, you can uh, join LinkedIn group. You can contact uh, me or other members of of, of the OMG. Uh, group um so, so yeah yeah we're open to communicate great okay so well i think we are running out of time and we are running out of questions <laughs> uh, not really though it's, it's a huge oh, we... topic so we could uh, talk hours about it um absolutely but we already covered a lot and well so 
yeah, that's close this episode. And uh, this time we already know the next topic and the next date. Um, next topic is again an episode in our series about MBSE tools. Uh, and we will have a look on the Ink Query suite uh, from Ink Query Labs, I think is the name of their company. And our guests are one of the founders, Istvan Rath from that company. And they have a collaboration with Zuken. And from Zuken, uh, Enrique, uh, Aurelius, you must help me. Last name? Uh, Craig, Craig Melnick. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> ah. I don't know. Maybe it's right. You know him very well. Uh, he will also join us. So, and uh, the date is November 18th. Um, I think it's a Thursday or so. And again at 7 Central European time. So, yeah, and well, finally, do not forget, trust us. We are systems engineers. <laughs> Goodbye, Bye. and thank you, Aurelius, Bye. for being with us. Yeah, thank you.